Welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Welcome back to the Armor Men's Health Hour. I'm Dr. Mystery here with Donna Lee. Hey, everybody. Happy Sunday. Well, happy Sunday to everyone. Uh, we are uh, going to talk right now about low testosterone and some various forms of treatment and uh, some symptoms that are associated with low testosterone. And I'm really happy to be joined by a real partner in our practice, Chris Sharon. He's with uh, BioT. Welcome, Chris. Thank you, Dr. Mystery. I appreciate you having me. BioT is a specific product that we use that is a pelleted form of testosterone, and uh, it's something that we're going to talk a, a lot about on this show, and we have uh, already alluded to it in other shows. But uh, right now, I wanted to just kind of give a very basic primer on what low testosterone is and what kinds of symptoms can be associated with it, and I thought I had a great partner here in Chris to talk about it. Thank you very much. I appreciate being here, and uh, I think for people who are hearing about testosterone, it's this mystery to them, if you will, no pun intended. <laughs> we all want to know why do I need why do I need testosterone? If my testosterone is low, what would happen to me if I did get testosterone? That that's a common that's a common question. And you yourself are a, a testosterone user. Why don't you kind of share with us what were some symptoms that you were having and what were the uh, impacts that testosterone replacement therapy had for you? Right. You know, it's funny. Um, when I first started, I didn't even know I had low testosterone. And when I did find out that my testosterone was 300, I began to get worried. And so then I started the testosterone pellet therapy. And all of a sudden, I realized, you know, I really was irritable and I was tired. I wasn't sleeping well. I got pelleted on a Saturday, and I tell everybody this, I got pelleted on a Saturday, and I woke up on Wednesday, and I said, I have not slept like that in years. And so that was one of my symptoms that went away. That's great. You really brought up a really important point at the very beginning of what you were saying, and that's the level that you had. Because mm -hmm. uh, in our practice, we consider uh, normal testosterone levels to be between uh, 350 and 1,000. Uh, I tell that to patients all the time. And patients come to me telling me that they were tested for testosterone, they have low or or low normal or normal testosterone levels. And what I try to emphasize to them is, although there's a stated laboratory range of normal, what's normal for you may be completely different. And there are patients who are highly symptomatic from low testosterone at levels of 350 or 375 or even 400. And there are patients that are functioning perfectly fine at 180 or 200. So what your level is, or know your T level is a common mantra in our, in, in our practice. And I think that knowing what it is and trying to match it to symptoms is is really important. Oh, it's critical. So uh, you talked about some irritability, anxiety, some kind of cognitive effects. Mm -hmm. What are some some other potential uh, effects or symptoms that people with low testosterone may have that, that you've come across? Uh, for me, I couldn't. Um, my workouts were waste of time. I would do my workouts and I thought, wow, I'm not getting anywhere. I'm not feeling that pump. I'm not feeling anything. And I've, I've worked out all my life. So that was huge to me when, and it was a change. I didn't know that that was a function of testosterone. I thought maybe I just wasn't doing enough pre-workout or post-workout. And I didn't like all that stuff, but shoot, how much protein can you <laughs> so, and the other thing was my recoveries from working out, and I play hockey, my recoveries from working out after hockey uh, or just playing a hockey game were incredible. My friends would say, um, oh, here comes the oldest guy in the locker room. And I thought there's no way I could be the oldest guy because I don't look that old. But then when if I- If you say so yourself. Right. If I say so myself. <laughs> and, you know, my the game would go well, and I played a higher level of hockey, so the game would go well, and I, I wouldn't be that tired. But I knew that the soreness was coming the next morning. And the next day, no soreness. So I thought, aha, this is working really well. So for, I kept that secret. For people that are fit and working out, I think that the, the recovery piece of 
Mm-hmm. Adjusting your testosterone level to a normal level certainly is something that I hear almost universally. Most patients come to us complaining of fatigue, and then there's a variety of sexual side effects that they could complain about. Now, those sexual side effects could be, or, or symptoms could include low libido, having trouble getting or keeping an erection, delayed orgasm. There's a great association, or there's a very high association between low testosterone and the development of penile curvature. So there's a variety of things that testosterone can hit, but one of the things that people don't fully recognize is the importance of testosterone in bone health. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny you say that. I'm sorry. I, I, I drifted to the other um, part of the body. You know, bone health is important, and testosterone can grow bones more than anything else can. And we're talking like 8.2% per year. That's right. And so th- there's one symptom that we will treat men for low testosterone, even if they don't have symptoms, and that is osteopenia and osteoporosis, if they have a testosterone level under 150. So th- we will get patients that are older, maybe in their 60s, who have broken a bone, maybe stepping, you know, something that is very low trauma, like stepping off a curb, getting their uh, arm stuck in a doorway when, when it closed and, and, and breaking a bone. And that should be a real alert to patients that if, if you've had a low trauma bone breakage, you should have a bone scan done. You should know kind of what that, what your bone health is. And that's something that we try to train people, even though they may not be getting those tests from their orthopedic surgeon or their primary care doctor, because having a low velocity trauma that leads to bone breakage could be a, an underlying sign of low testosterone. I've never thought of that. But then when you think of that, if somebody has a hip fracture or any fracture and it leads to a sedentary lifestyle, then what ends up happening is that person has muscle wasting and it can really snowball. For sure, for sure. There's there's almost no injury that is more associated with mortality than, than a hip fracture uh, from a fall as you get older. In patients that are over 70 or 80, a substantial portion of those patients will die within 90 days of a hip fracture because of the effect. So so testosterone therapy in these patients really becomes something that is almost a life-saving kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's funny you were talking about the other part, the function, erection, and we should say rather than erectile dysfunction, we could say erectile function so that low testosterone and that function could be declining and men not associated with it. Even that, that's probably the last thing to go or maybe um, libido would be the last thing to go on that scale of low normal, wouldn't it be? For some, for some, I think that's a, that's a great point. Mm. The dominoes fall in different orders, though, for different <laughs> patients. And uh, when it comes to erectile function, testosterone has an important impact on libido. But the deeper function it really has is on the health of the corpora cavernosa, which are those erectile bodies that fill with blood and the actual blood vessels that feed the penis. The the impact that testosterone has on erectile function can take a little longer because there's not a direct correlation necessarily between erections. So we tell patients that it's going to take maybe around 12 weeks for their erectile function to improve. But it's absolutely the case that the, the health of the actual tissue of the penis can have uh, is, is, is substantially directed by by testosterone. And and off air, we, we were talking about some another interesting concern that you had when it came to testosterone therapy, and that relates to your own family history. That's right. So um, back in the 80s, my stepfather was diagnosed. Now, I will, the caveat is that he was a smoker, professional football player back born in 1925, professional football player with the Redskins, but diagnosed um, with prostate cancer. And so I remember after a long battle he had, and he was in the hospital, a tumor had surrounded the spine, and um, so they were going to cut the tumor, but they couldn't get to the front of it, so it paralyzed him, which was quick. But then they said, you know, maybe we can do one more effort, and they there was a, a, 
there's a castration. That's right. You know, removing the testicles or giving hormones that remove testosterone is a frequently done uh, treatment for prostate cancer. So that has led many people to associate testosterone therapy with the development or worsening of prostate cancer. And certainly throughout the years, that has been uh, increasing conventional wisdom amongst the community and even, even many physicians. But the tide has really changed when it comes to testosterone and prostate cancer. What the data really shows is that having a low testosterone is a, is a risk factor for the development of prostate cancer. And testosterone replacement therapy that just brings you from a suboptimal to an optimal or mid-range or normal level does not increase your risk of prostate cancer. And we actually have a number of patients in our practice who either have been treated for prostate cancer or are currently on watchful waiting for prostate cancer or on testosterone replacement therapy. And those are patients that benefit from repeat biopsies. So we can clearly see that their cancer is not getting worse uh, from therapy. So uh, in, in, our, in our practice, uh, we tr- try to take a fairly progressive approach to patients with prostate cancer or maybe those that are at risk. We, of course, watch them very closely as we would any of our patients, but, uh, but the data simply hasn't borne out that testosterone replacement therapy is a substantial risk factor for, uh, for, for, for prostate cancer worsening or development. That's phenomenal to hear, you know, the changes in the thought, and it's great to see that change happening. Well, Chris, uh, thank you so much for joining us for this segment. Uh, it was a very insightful to hear from both someone that's involved in the testosterone industry, but also someone who personally is using it and benefiting from the product. Um, So thank you so much. And uh, we'll be right back. The Armor Men's Health Hour will be right back. If you have questions for Dr. Mystery, email him at armormenshealth at gmail.com. 